Hey, this is Dr. Eric, and I just want to let you know about my gut healing bundle for those with thyroid and autoimmune thyroid conditions. This includes SMT Probio, which is a probiotic with 18 well-researched strains, Enzymes Plus, which not only includes digestive enzymes, but betaine, HCL, and ox bile, and SMT GI Restore, which is a stevia-free formulation that has multiple nutrients and herbs that have been proven to help support the healing of the gut. To learn more about this, you can visit guthealingbundle.com. Hey, this is Dr. Eric, and in this Q&A episode, I am going to answer the question, can diet alone reverse Graves' disease and Hashimoto's? So I want to start out by mentioning that many people who work with me have already made dietary changes. Some of these people have just eliminated gluten or maybe some of them gluten and dairy. Others have followed a full autoimmune paleo diet. And usually when they're seeing me, it's because they didn't get the desired results. So point is that there are a lot of people who make dietary changes and who don't restore their health. That being said, it is possible in some cases for dietary changes alone to reverse autoimmunity, including conditions such as Graves' and Hashimoto's. So in past podcast episodes, I've mentioned the triad of autoimmunity, and there's three components of this triad, which includes a genetic predisposition, exposure to one or more environmental triggers, and then an increase in intestinal permeability, which is a medical term for a leaky gut. When it comes to triggers, there's four main categories of triggers that I've also discussed in previous episodes. So four main categories, food, stress, chemical, infections, and there are other underlying imbalances, example, nutrient deficiencies, which some practitioners will categorize as a trigger, but I call it an underlying imbalance. But either way, food is one of the main categories. So it is possible for food to be a trigger and to therefore trigger autoimmunity, trigger Graves and Hashimoto's. And as far as which foods can be triggers, well, according to the literature, gluten definitely is one of those, dairy another, corn is one, salt is also another one, potentially. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't add some sea salt to your food every day, which I commonly recommend, but if you're eating a lot of packaged foods, then definitely you're going to get a lot of sodium chloride in your diet, and that can drive TH17 cells, which are a factor in autoimmunity. So you definitely don't want to overdo it with the salts. And then really these other foods I usually recommend to avoid while trying to restore one's health. And then you might wonder, how about other foods? And it is possible for other foods maybe to be triggers. Again, the literature doesn't talk about like foods such as vegetables like broccoli as being a trigger. doesn't mean someone can't have a sensitivity to healthy food. And then we have other foods that could maybe not necessarily be direct triggers of autoimmunity, but can increase that intestinal permeability, cause that leaky gut, which is part of that triad. So for example, eggs I really haven't seen in the literature as far as directly triggering autoimmunity, but there are compounds in the egg whites which can increase intestinal permeability. Another example, nuts as well as seeds, legumes, nightshades, so arguably, again, maybe in some cases they can directly trigger autoimmunity, but usually what they're doing is they're increasing that intestinal permeability, which is a factor when it comes to autoimmunity. And that's why a lot of these foods are to be avoided or ideally should be avoided while trying to restore one's health. So again, we got the foods that 
potentially could directly trigger autoimmunity, such as gluten, dairy, corn, salt, and we got other foods which can cause that leaky gut. And in some situations, changing one's diet alone, getting rid of these foods might be able to reverse the autoimmune component. But we also need to keep in mind that there could be other triggers. So first of all, there are people that completely make these dietary changes and they don't see any improvements in their symptoms or their blood test. And maybe we could argue in these situations that food isn't a trigger. I would still say that it's an important piece of the puzzle, even when it's not a direct trigger. If someone is eating inflammatory foods, regardless of whether it's a trigger or not, it's going to be difficult to heal. Like, for example, unhealthy oils. If you eat a lot of unhealthy oils, then it, you know, it might not be a direct trigger of autoimmunity, but if it's causing inflammation and maybe even causing a leaky gut or contributing to a leaky gut, it's going to be difficult to heal. So definitely want to keep that in mind. But there could be other triggers as well. So a gut infection, there could be, I mentioned stress, chronic stress. Someone might have mercury amalgams and they're reacting to the mercury. So those are just a few different examples. But it's not only a possibility that someone could have multiple triggers, but it's actually quite common. So even if someone is reacting to gluten and they eliminate gluten completely 100% and maybe even follow AIP diet 100%, they still might not recover because they might have another trigger or they might have three or four triggers. And that's where sometimes it could become challenging. Now, one thing I didn't mention is how do you know if food is a trigger? And I don't want to spend too much time on this. This is a good topic for a different podcast episode. But I commonly recommend an elimination diet in my practice. And that involves avoiding not only common allergens, but foods that could be harsh on the gut, such as the nightshades and the nuts and the seeds and the legumes, the grains. Now, some practitioners will incorporate food sensitivity testing, IgG food sensitivity testing is very commonly recommended. And I've done that in the past too. I can't say I'm a big fan of IgG testing. More recently, I've been doing more mediator release testing or MRT, which is a different type of test. But even that, I can't say I do that on most patients. I've been doing it more frequently this past year, but still it's something that I don't know if I'm going to do on more and more patients, you know, in the future. But I do find it interesting. I think one thing I'd love to do, honestly, is do both, like elimination diet and MRT, but it does get quite expensive, and usually I'm prioritizing other tests. Now, who knows? Maybe that'll change in the future, but again, I'm not going to go into detail when it comes to finding out if food is a trigger, because even if you know that food is a trigger, you probably have other triggers, and like I said, usually I have people avoid the more common foods, those allergens and foods harsh on the gut. Now, again, sometimes it can be tricky if someone's reacting to another food like avocados or broccoli or other types of vegetables that people normally don't react to. And that's where a food sensitivity testing or MRT, mediator release testing could come in handy at times. But just to get back to the original question, can diet alone reverse Graves' and Hashimoto's? So to kind of summarize, yes, food can be a trigger. But in many cases, it's just a piece of the puzzle. Even if it is a trigger, usually there are multiple triggers that need to be addressed. So many times someone will eliminate some or all these foods and they might notice a great improvement in their symptoms and or blood test. 
many times that's still not completely resolved. And then there are times when someone will completely avoid these foods. Again, maybe follow strict AIP, sometimes for many months and really notice no difference in their symptoms and or blood tests. And that almost definitely is telling us that there's something else going on, that there's at least another trigger, if not other multiple triggers that are present. So that is my response to the question, can diet alone reverse Gravesies and Hashimoto's? The answer is yes. In some cases, changing one's diet alone can reverse thyroid autoimmunity, but many times changing one's diet alone isn't sufficient. Although even in these situations, it is an important piece of the puzzle, at least in my opinion. So as usual, I hope you found this Q&A episode to be valuable and I look forward to catching you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Save My Thyroid podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe to stay up to date on the latest thyroid health-related topics. And to get your free thyroid and immune health restoration action points checklist, visit SaveMyThyroidChecklist.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. I want to let you know about a product called Hepatomune Supreme, which is a unique supplement that has a rare combination of N-acetylcysteine, also known as NAC, milk thistle, and schisandra to support the liver. And it also has a few mushrooms that can help support the immune system, including cordyceps, which has both immune modulating and adaptogenic properties and is great for those with Graves disease and Hashimoto's. To learn more about Hepatomune Supreme, visit SaveMyThyroid.com forward slash liver support.